Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Essentially, how you can use a bank um, to pony up most of the money to allow you to get your funds where you want to go in a sustainable way. That was really the key resource for me was understanding how I can use debt to get where I want to go. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we're reconnecting with Curtis Stewart, founder of Confidence Finance who takes us through the research-driven strategy that allowed him to expand his portfolio interstate and his personal development as a property investor. Also, before we delve into this episode, go over to propertyinveststory.com and subscribe to receive your free property investor case studies where you'll learn how to generate passive income from your properties. Go there now to sign up for free. After working in government for five years, overcoming his fears was one of the first challenges in Stuart's investing career. And again, I think um, it's a common story for a lot of people I talk to and certainly a lot of other investors that I spoke to when they tell me their sort of stories of their first investment. Um, you know, there's just a bit of fear and apprehension. You haven't really done it before, um, haven't parted with that much of your savings before on an, you know, on an asset purchase. You don't really know how it works or you, you know how it works in theory, but you've never been through it in practice. So I think there was, a, you know, probably a good 12-month period where I could have bought, but I didn't because I didn't have the comfort levels yet you know, to go action that. But other than sort of myself and, you know, getting yourself comfortable, I don't think there was too much holding me back. Finding inspiration from friends as well as the online investing community helped him to expand his comfort zone and begin investing. So I had a few close friends um, in Canberra that were quite heavily involved in property and had a couple of investment properties themselves. So they were definitely a source of inspiration. Uh, but I'd say a key resource was... Um, there's a lot of really good online content um, and online communities and forums, um, property chat, um, propertyinvesting.com. There's a, a lot of good free resources and almost a bit of an investing community out there um, that I really tapped into to both gain knowledge and gain a bit of comfort um, about what I was doing. And you hear other people's experiences and experiences and stories. So. Um, definitely sort of the online property investing community helped me a lot um, and that was something that I really lent on and used to um, get myself into the game. 
His business partner also proved to be a key inspiration in developing his mindset. My partner who I've started the um, mortgage banking business with, Freedom Sayed, so I um, watched his story quite closely um, and friends with him. Um, so he was definitely a key um, player in my journey. Um, but beyond that, I, I think I took little bits and pieces from a lot of different people's stories, some of um, whom you know I've known personally and other people whose stories you read online or, um, you know, you hear through whatever medium you hear them and you just take a little bit of a nugget um, about what they did or how they approached something or um, often, you know, how they had this thing go wrong and at the end of the day, it didn't really matter that much. They still achieved what they wanted to achieve. Um, and all those little things add up to, or you kind of, you know, you take all those little bits and pieces and you add them into your own psyche and your own approach um, and it all helps get you um, to the place you want to be. Does Stuart have any advice for other investors? But I'm inspired by when I see people, you know, particularly in my immediate life who make a change, um, doesn't have to be property related, but they, they see a problem, they identify something that they don't like or something that they want to change and then they action it. Um, that's the thing that sort of inspires me and is I guess kind of the advice part I take out of that is like, well, if you do actually want to see something happen, take take the steps you need one by one to get it done. Um, and when I see people in my life do that, whether it be, you know, um, having trouble with their boss and like, no, I'm going to go get a new job and you don't talk to, rather than talk to them a year later and they're still struggling with that issue, they're like, you know, I've, I've taken action and I've, I've made a change. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but... Um, yeah, that's that's kind of the bit of advice that I've absorbed, I guess, more than being human, um, is that people who successful people I see around me um, are the ones that take those steps and um, take action when they want to see something move. Despite his young age, when he entered the property market, Stuart has adapted his strategy to take advantage of his first property. So there's been a couple of different aspects. Um, and it is a, I must say, it is a little bit of a moving feast. I'm not too, um, not too stuck in my ways, um, and not too focused on one particular thing. Um, but I'd say to start with, um, so for my first property, I was um, had quite clear objectives for that. The goal was um, I wanted it to be cash flow neutral to cash flow positive on a week to week basis. Um, so I didn't want to be feeling any cash flow here. Um, but I also wanted it to be negatively geared for tax purposes. So, um, kind of in for my situation and on my income and with my expenses, that was that was the balance that felt right for me. Um, so that was the key objective: find something that I think would yield um, yield sufficiently to cover the mortgage, um, but then you know the depreciation and other aspects would come in and it, um, give me a little bit of a kick at tax time. So that was one, yeah, yeah, that was the key objective for that first purchase. Um, as I might have mentioned, for that one, that was the overall sort of location, and those things were really dictated more by my life situation at the time and the government grants, I guess, that were available to me. Um, so, for example, I was living in Canberra, um, working in Canberra, wanted a place to live in in Canberra. That. But I'm a first home, but I was a first home buyer then, so you get access to the grant. If you buy a new 
dwelling, you get access to the stamp duty exemption. So I kind of charted those things through and it really narrowed down the property selection to a relatively tight range of properties that were on the market in Canberra at the time. Um, so that's really how I started for that first one. Um, but then going on for the second one and now the third one where I'm an investor, those grants are not available to me anymore. So it's a bit more open. Once he was unrestricted by grants, he was able to focus on his core priorities as an investor. I really am looking for uh, land content is something that I'm very interested in, especially seeing that I've purchased a unit. Um, I am a bit of a believer in um, land content providing a bit of stability in price sometimes compared to you know inner CBD units um, or I guess units in general that can be more susceptible to change bigger changes in supply. Um, land's a little bit more fixed, um, not completely fixed, but it's a little bit more stable on the supply side. Um, and I felt like that was important to, to give my portfolio a little bit of balance. Um, and then, like I say, it was really um, using sort of the economics training that I've had to try and um, pick some areas around Australia that I think have some good general growth conditions, um, economic growth, um, population growth, those sort of things. My my investing is really over quite a long term long term view. I guess I'm not sort of looking to flip something in six months um, or you know see twenty percent pick something that I think is going to have some amazing capital growth in a really short space of time. Um, I'm trying to pick areas that I think you know in ten years, in fifteen years, is there going to be an extra hundred thousand people living in this area, um, a whole bunch of new shops and schools and um, you know, is it going to be a growing, thriving area with lots of economic activity and, um, you know, growing communities? And they're the areas that I've tried to narrow down. So, By looking at the long-term macro picture, Stuart is able to target key areas to focus his investing in. You know, parts of Western Melbourne and parts of Adelaide I've identified, even some parts of Tasmania. So, that's that's really been my key thing and a lot of research going through things like state budgets to work out where infrastructure funding is going. Um, a lot of gov- state governments have, um, you know, their population growth plans about where they think, you know, in 2040, 2036, whatever it may be, where they think all the new people in Melbourne or Sydney or Perth are going to live. So kind of looking at those long run things and then narrowing down an area from that and then going into that area and trying to find the right deal at the right price. Understanding himself as an individual as well as an investor allows Stuart to play to his strengths as well as build his confidence. And it's different for different people, I think. Um, and you almost have to play to your own personality tendencies a little bit, I think. So I know for me to make, to feel like, to feel confident, which is, I think, a key thing, you know, when you're bidding on a property, you want to be confident in what you're doing. Um, and I know for my personality, for me to feel confident, um, I need to have put the research in beforehand. Um, so, for example, I might, in, in a purchase, I might actually not look at too many individual properties um, or not inspect too many individual properties before I pull the trigger um, in a particular suburb or area. 
Um, but there'd be, you know, weeks and weeks, months and months of research behind me getting comfortable about this is the area I want to be, um, which isn't necessarily better or worse than other approaches. It just suits my personality. Other people might be like, no, nope, I want to pound the pavement and walk up and down the streets and inspect, you know, go to every open home in a, you know, suburb for six weeks. And that's, that's their version of the research. And that's, that gives them the confidence to go forward. So I think it's a bit of horses for courses too. Although he lives in Sydney, Stuart's knowledge of the Melbourne market and his extensive research gave him the comfort to expand his portfolio in a single trip. So my um, extended family is actually from Melbourne, so I was a little bit familiar with the area, um, but did a lot of research and then um, did the one trip down, um, had a look at a few different places and pulled the trigger. Um, So like I say, my for me personally... My approach tends to be do a lot of research at sort of the front end and get very, very comfortable around the area I'm buying and the reasons why I'm looking there um, and then kind of identify the two or three, four that um, kind of tick the boxes that I'm most interested in, go down there once, maybe twice, um, see if you can nut out a deal for one of them, pull the trigger. Um, so... I'm kind of um, load the front end and then pretty quick to act on the back end. After we return, we'll continue to break down how Stuart developed his mindset and grow as an investor. For me, this is the way my brain works and it allows me to make informed decisions. So I'm going to stick with that um, and use that to my advantage. The resources he used to meet his goals? The more you know yourself, and the better educated you are, the better decisions you make. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey podcast listeners, if you're finding this podcast super informative, then guess what? I'm giving you an exclusive free case study from property investors like this one just for listening. These case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific strategies and numbers of their portfolio. Simply text me your email address to 0499881040 to get your free case studies. Now back to the show. Over his investing career, Stuart has picked up many habits that have contributed to his success. I think I've got a couple of traits um, and things that I've learnt over sort of the last five years, I guess, that have really helped. I think one is the um, sort of a a nervousness with, I guess, inertia, I'd call it. Like, um, I don't, not very comfortable standing still. Um, And I think that's something that I've tried to harness to not necessarily make impetuous decisions, but to keep moving forward um, and to make sure that I keep keep pushing myself, if not to action things, but to at least be challenging myself that, well, is there something additional I can be doing? Um, Is there, what's the next thing I can be thinking about? So I think that desire to keep keep moving forward has been something that's been helpful. Um, But then I think the key key thing that's really helped me, and I guess it's a personal habit maybe, um, but is to... Acknowledge your own personality and your strengths and weaknesses and to work with it, not against it. So like I say, um, you know, for me, 
with my background. Um, I'm very data-driven and very research-driven, and that's one of the things that gives me comfort. Rather than, you know, you see people and you hear stories about, you know, this person's doing this and they've bought four properties or, um, you know, someone's, you know, bought an auction, walked past the house and bought it at auction, you know, impetuously to not feel that I need to chase those approaches, but to go, no, no, um, for me, this is the way my brain works and it allows me to make informed decisions, so I'm going to stick with that um, and use that to my advantage. Um, that I think that's been a key thing because I do see people um, get quite stressed um, when they are trying to implement their plans in a way that doesn't fit with how they think um, because they're kind of, they see other people do it a particular way and they have an objective and they just go, oh, well, I'll just take step one, two and three like this person did. And um, I think understanding yourself and how you work and how you think is important. Letting his strengths influence his strategy has enabled Stuart to obtain the results he wants. If we buy houses next to each other in a particular suburb, you might, you know, do it one way and, um, you know, make your purchase in a month and, you know, you're very comfortable with the way you've done it. And for me, I might go, no, no, I need, you know, to do a good couple of months of research before I'm comfortable and to um, just sort of be like, that's the way I work and that's what I think is going to deliver results for me. So to tr- trust your own way of doing things, I guess. Um, and like you say, not not judge yourself against the way other people approach it. So, how does Stuart keep his finger on the pulse of the changing investing market? There's a lot of online resources. So, for me, um, you know, obviously um, having turned to it professionally now too, but for me, the finance aspect of it was always something that I wanted to understand more um, and wanted to understand how I can make it work for me and how I can really use leverage to stretch the money, the savings that I had into as much as possible. So, um, any resource I think you can get, um, there's some good books, but given the way the market moves, I think, you know, a lot of the online resources are really up to date, um, just about how you can have a financing strategy that works for you, um, and how you can use, essentially how you can use a bank, um, to pony up most of the money, um, to allow you to get your funds where you want to go, um, in a sustainable way. That was really the key resource for me was understanding how I can use debt um, to get where I want to go. Understanding himself and his goals through research is one of the key elements that he attributes to his investing success. It's definitely different for different people in different stages of their investment journey. So it's not, it's by no means a one-size-fits-all story. But for me, you know, being towards quite young and at the start of my journey, um, I wanted my goal um, was to leverage as aggressively as I could um, and kind of take what I had and stretch it as far as possible. So with that mindset, um, you know, learning about the different ways to do that and um, studying the different ways to do that was really key in me achieving it, sort of being able to implement that. Um, you know, I'm a big believer in kind of knowledge is power and um, the more you know yourself um, and the better educated you are, the better decisions you make. So um, that's definitely a theme that I've taken 
through my journey. So, if Stuart were to meet his past self from 10 years ago, what would he tell him? I think the, for me, the key thing that I've learned through sort of my career and property investing has been that you things don't happen by themselves. So, coming up with the solution to a problem, coming up with an idea, that's fantastic and it's exciting. But to make things happen, you need to take the steps to action it. So, I think... Um, for me personally, I've, you know, always had a bit of an inclination to problem solving and coming up with ideas. Um, you know, the thing I've had to develop myself was the, the guts and the um, determination, I guess, to turn those things into action. Um, so if, if it was um, Curtis 10 years younger, it would be telling him to, you know, trust, trust his analysis and trust what he thinks and um, don't be scared to turn it into something real. That's really good advice. I mean, this is not just for 10 years for you, but um, 10 years for anyone actually. That's great advice. Some people are, you know, really go hung and, you know, you give them an idea or they have an idea and they will pick, grab the bull by the horns and go run with it. But I know for me, it, um, you know, it's been a process. Learn, I guess, and to, you know, develop to take those things and turn them into actions where, Previously, you know, whether it was through, you know, a little bit afraid or a little bit unsure or nervous or whatever it is, um, you know, sometimes those plans don't come to fruition and the only reason is because you didn't quite um, do enough to push yourself forward. So um, it's definitely something I've got better at and hopefully we'll continue to get better at too. After beginning his investing career from a young age, Stuart has many things to be excited about for his future. So most excited, I guess, to, to see where it takes me um, and, you know, I'm still relatively young and um, at the start, I guess, or I would consider the start of my journey. So I'm really excited about seeing what wealth I can create for the rest of my life, I guess, um, and what that, what, how far I can take it and what that can translate into when I'm, you know, 40, 45, 50 and, you know, have that financial independence, have that asset base. That's, I guess, what's really exciting me, which you know is a lot longer than five years, but I kind of view the next five years as setting the foundation stones for how that's going to turn out. Um, so I, I'm quite excited knowing that if I get the decisions right over the next five years, um, you know, the payoff could be could be quite big for quite a long period of time um, and almost for the rest of my life. So that's definitely the most exciting part. So, how can listeners get in contact with Stuart? Our mortgage broking firm is called Confidence Finance. So, um, by all means, um, just Google Confidence Finance and look us up. Um, there's a bit of information on um, my own story and um, the story of, of our business there too. Um, but I'm also on um, a few of the um, online communities. Thank you to Curtis Stewart, our guest on this episode of Property Invest Story. If you want to hear more about his journey, then visit our website at propertyinvestory.com. Simply type in the search bar, Curtis Stewart and select that episode to learn more about his story. Also, if you haven't subscribed to receive your free property case studies that I only send out exclusively via email, then head over to propertyinvestory.com and subscribe. These real case studies are from experienced property investors where they share specific numbers of their portfolio, the strategies and much more. Simply visit propertyinveststory.com to receive your free case studies. Thanks for listening.